From one tough schedule to another, former Michigan State quarterback Peyton Thorne has transferred to Auburn, where he will be competing with Robbie Ashford for the starting quarterback job, and he will add a third scholarship to the quarterback room along with Ashford and Gariner, who are redshirt sophomore and redshirt freshman, respectively. Peyton Thorne is a redshirt senior, and he has one final year of eligibility, I do believe, and he gives Hugh Freeze a lot of experience at the position. He gives passing talent at the position. You know, Robbie Ashford, last season, he only completed 49.2% of his passes against Texas A&M, Mississippi State, Western Kentucky, Alabama, against Ole Miss, Georgia, all of those games where Robbie Ashford got significant playing time and started, he completed less than 50% of his passes. Against Mississippi State and Georgia, Ashford completed less than 40% of his passes. Granted, he had 710 rushing yards, he averaged 4.6 yards per carry on the ground and had seven rushing touchdowns. He's a proven scrambler. I expect Hugh Freeze to still use him in the offense. Robbie Ashford is also a talented enough quarterback that it wouldn't surprise me if he still competed for the starting job, along with Peyton Thorne. And I think he will definitely see the field this fall. He will definitely be included in part of the offense. But Peyton Thorne was realistically brought in by Hugh Freeze to get more experience at the position and also a much more potent and proven passer. Peyton Thorne, despite struggling in 2022, completed 62.5% of his passes. He had a 131.2 QB rating as opposed to Robbie Ashford's 107 flat quarterback rating or passer rating. Thorne had a 69.4 quarterback rating. Ashford had a 49.4. So Peyton Thorne, much more proven passer, better overall quarterback, and Peyton Thorne last year wasn't on much of a better team than Robbie Ashford was. Auburn last year finished 5-7, and seven, and Michigan State last year finished 5-7, and seven, and both had some of the toughest schedules in the country. Michigan State playing Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, and Washington, who all finished in the top 10, and Robbie Ashford and Auburn played Alabama, and Georgia, and Penn State, who finished in the top 10. They played LSU, who won the SEC West and made an appearance in the SEC championship game where they lost to Georgia. So from one tough schedule to another, as I said at the beginning of the video, it's kind of funny because this isn't Peyton Thorne going somewhere to buff up his stats or have an easier time. This isn't Power 5 to Group of 5 like some might have anticipated Peyton Thorne doing if he lost the job to Noah Kim, which indeed now he has, and I think that is a big reason why he transferred away from Michigan State, was either Noah Kim flat-out beat him after the spring open practice and was declared the starter, or more likely than not, the competition was heating up, it was getting too close for comfort. If you're Peyton Thorne, you're in your final year of eligibility, you want to ensure that you have a future in the professional leagues. And to do that, 
if you're competing for a starting position in your senior year, which under Mel Tucker's authority and Mel Tucker himself facing pressure to improve, he had opened competition for every position. So Peyton Thorne's job was not secured, not guaranteed at Michigan State. I would say just from the standpoint of Auburn's quarterback room and the fact that there is nowhere even close to a proven passer currently in that room without Thorne there, I would say his job is much more guaranteed at Auburn than it was at Michigan State. I still think you will see Ashford in with designed runs or option plays or maybe in like maybe in other roles, wildcat formation, for example. But overall, this is Thorne's job at Auburn now. And it's good it's a good thing if you're an Auburn fan, because one of the biggest questions surrounding Auburn was the quarterback position. The offensive line through recruiting and through the transfer portal has been rebuilt and retooled. I think it will be a solid offensive line. The wide receiver position, I think, is going to be stronger than last year. Running back, Tank Bigsby leaves, but Jarquez Hunter will be one of the better running backs in the nation. Damari Alston, Brian Batty, Jeremiah Cobb, they have a very deep running back room. Tight end, I think, has received an upgrade as well. Quarterback was the biggest question mark on offense. It's also an area where Hugh Freeze has certainly shown his strengths, whether it was his history at Ole Miss or Liberty, whether it was recruiting Shea Patterson at Ole Miss, developing Malik Willis at Liberty, so on and so forth. Chad Kelly's another name that you might have heard of, you probably heard of. So I think that that answers some questions if you're Auburn. And those questions needed to be answered because Auburn has a very tough schedule. They have a demanding fan base. If you're an Auburn fan or not, you know this. And I think that it's a great addition. It's really all I can say. If you don't believe me, look at Peyton Thorne's stats. He faced, this year, he faced Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. Those along with Washington were all the top 10 teams Michigan State played, but Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan all had top 25 defenses. Peyton Thorne also faced Illinois and Wisconsin, Minnesota, teams that had, in my opinion, top 25 defenses. He played consistently top 25 defenses week after week after week. And he performed horribly against Minnesota, having a QBR of 9 and a passer rating of 100. He performed poorly, but not nearly as bad against Ohio State. But he did a decent job against Wisconsin, a great job against Wisconsin, actually, and an okay job against Michigan, Illinois, and Penn State in those games. So he has proven that he can put up a fight and that he can be competent against good, great, elite defenses. I'm not saying he's a world beater at the position. As I described in my Michigan State video talking about new expectations for Michigan State after Thorne and Coleman have left, and further developments after spring, I mentioned that Thorne losing him if you're Michigan State because of the situation in the quarterback room isn't that big of a deal. It would be like if Charles Brantley for Michigan State decided to not return. Okay, not a big deal. You can sort of plug and play because you got Noah Kim and you got Keaton Hauser. You have guys that have been with the staff for a year or more who know the game plan, and who have the talent to replace Thorne. You don't necessarily have that at Auburn. So Michigan State doesn't lose a whole lot. 
outside of depth, and Auburn gains a whole lot from this. Peyton Thorne in 2022 had 2,679 passing yards, 19 passing touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and a 69.8 QBR, which was 35th nationally. Robbie Ashford's QBR was ranked 83rd nationally, so a big upgrade. And then to go back to 2021, where Michigan State had a unicorn in Kenneth Walker, they had some explosive playmakers, they weren't as injured, Thorne passed for 3,248 yards, or 40 yards, 27 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and he had a 148.1 passer rating as opposed to a 131.2. That season, he also had 181 rushing yards, averaged 2.2 yards per carry, and had four rushing touchdowns with a long scramble of 32. So if you give him a slightly better supporting cast, and I think Michigan State's and Auburn's supporting casts this year for the 2023 season will be better than MSU's supporting cast on offense was this past season. Outside of wide receiver, Michigan State's 2022 wide receiver core was great. It was unfortunately underutilized, and Jaden Reed was hampered by injuries early in the season. But overall, when you look at trench play, when you look at tight end play, when you look at running back play, I think Michigan State and Auburn for 2023 are both set up to have greater success than Michigan State had in 2022. So I think that Peyton Thorne will have an upgraded supporting cast compared to what he had in 2022, which is fantastic, again, if you're an Auburn fan. So regarding all of this, when you add or lose a big-time player, and by big-time I don't mean great or elite, I just mean a player who, even if he's average— the quarterback position is so important to where if you have questions at the quarterback room or you have a bad quarterback room, in the case of Auburn, you know that you have a running threat at quarterback, but what about passing the ball? Just bringing in an average guy, an average Joe, which I'd say Peyton Thorne has proven to be an above-average quarterback, just bringing in an average Joe helps tremendously because now you go from having no passing game at all and a much smaller playbook, much less versatile ways to attack opposing defenses, to having much more options. And I think that the expectations, as a result, might change, or they should change. I think Peyton Thorne will be a day-one contributor, and much-needed depth at quarterback. At minimum, he'll be much-needed depth. At most, and infinitely more likely, he will be a day-one contributor. And that's what I expect him to be. I myself think that Peyton Thorne will be the starter from day one until the end of the year. He only has one year of eligibility, though, so I think if you're Robbie Ashford, it might be wise to just sit under an experienced quarterback like Thorne, learn from him in the passing game, and in 2024, when I assume Auburn's going to be better because currently they're recruiting much better than Brian Harson ever did, they might... Maybe Robbie Ashford will be a great quarterback. He has that potential. He has that ability to win. And I think on the ground game especially, with how bad the supporting cast was last year, he has an X-factor capability in the run game. And I love him. I thought that he was going to surprise a lot of people this year and have a much better season this fall than he did last fall. And even though I still think that would be the case... I think Thorne's a safer option. 
I think Thorne, regardless, would be a better passing quarterback. And you know that Hugh Freeze, with his offenses, he's going to want a quarterback who can run, which is why I think Robbie Ashford will still be in the mix, and there'll still be plays designed for him. But I think there's a possibility that Peyton Thorne, this comparison might bother some of you, but believe me, I think it might be valid if you take it a certain way. Peyton Thorne will be the Chris Leak to Robbie Ashford's Tim Tebow, if that makes sense, in my opinion. Peyton Thorne being the more experienced, lower ceiling but higher floor type of quarterback who's a more proven and polished passer, Robbie Ashford being the future of the program and really the true quarterback that fits Hugh Freeze's style of offense. And Auburn has one tough schedule. So if you think that you can get away with just running the football and taking some risk, you got to understand Hugh Freeze and Auburn football's goals here. They want to come out and win. They want to maximize their potential to win. And that looks different year after year after year. Take in case my own Michigan Wolverines. Cade McNamara gave Michigan the opportunity to win in 2021 that J.J. couldn't give them because J.J. McCarthy was too unpolished, too undisciplined. He was too green to take the reins and bring Michigan to the playoffs and get them a 12-2 record. In 2022, J.J. McCarthy matured, his low floor was raised, his ceiling was raised, and he get, he now replaced Cade McNamara as the guy who could give Michigan the best potential to succeed. Robbie Ashford's the future, and I think that overall, in, in the college ranks, he will be looked back at as the better quarterback than Peyton Thorne, at least from a talent perspective, maybe not from a statistics perspective. But this year, with the experience, with the more proven passing capability, I think Peyton Thorne gives Auburn its best chance to win compared to if it started Robbie Ashford at quarterback. I mean, look at Auburn's schedule. They open up at UMass, they travel to California, and they host Samford. That's a pretty easy three-game start. But on the road at California, they're going to be in multiple different time zones, and California returns a lot of starters, so they're probably going to have good team chemistry. So that might be an early test. But I think Auburn's going to be much better than California, so let's just assume that's not much of a test. They then travel to Texas A&M September 23rd. That'll be a tough game, even though I don't think Texas A&M is primed for as big of a bounce back as many think. You're still hosting Georgia September 30th. Maybe Hugh Freeze can pull something out of the bag, but Georgia's viewed almost now unanimously as preseason number one. Unanimously. I have not found a website or anyone who views Georgia as anything but number one, except for myself, and I still have them inside the top three. You could count ESPN's FPI for not having them at number one, but that's a that's purely computer-based. In a certain sense, that doesn't count. That would be like counting the Kali Matrix, which, while valuable, it's debatable on whether you should count it or not. But anyway, Auburn then gets a bye October 7th after that home game against Georgia, which is needed because they then travel to LSU October 14th. LSU returns a lot of production. Some view them as a top-two team in the SEC ahead of Alabama and up there with Georgia. Auburn then hosts Ole Miss October 21st, 
hosts Mississippi October 28th. They travel to Vanderbilt November 4th, Arkansas November 11th, and then they return home to play New Mexico State in what should be a warm-up game on October 8th not October, November 18th, to prepare for Alabama coming into town for the Iron Bowl, November 25th. Alabama is near the bottom of the barrel in terms of returning production. And my expectation, what I think the expectation of Auburn should be is to reach bowl eligibility, to improve after last season. Even with this tough of a schedule, even with a new head coach, you have the transfer portal, you have... Uh, athletic department that is, while destabilized, not unified, I think that you have, you just have a lot of things that are going on. So I think, in all honesty, that your expectation should be to improve if you're an Auburn fan. Now, how much will the team improve? I think it will improve by more than just bowl eligibility. I think Auburn will be a near top 25 team with the portal, with Hugh Freeze as head coach, so on and so forth. I think offensive line and quarterback will see the biggest leap. Now, Auburn's ceiling, their floor is obviously having a losing record, and you're not going to see your team play in a bowl game. When you have Georgia, LSU, Alabama on the schedule... Those are teams that all should be top 10. And then Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Arkansas, those are three teams that could contend to be top 25, top 20. That's a tough schedule. It's an insanely tough schedule. But they have a ceiling. And I think their ceiling is 9-4 and four with a win over Alabama. I think given the toughness of the schedule, given the fact that you're a first-year head coach, really first-year program because Brian Harson burnt the whole thing down. Not the whole thing to where it's barren, barren, but you know, he did a lot of damage to it. He was a huge downgrade compared to Gus Malzahn. Malzahn did not, in my opinion, and I'm an outsider, but looking at it, Malzahn did not deserve the treatment he got. But nonetheless, there is redemption. There just is. I mean, redemption's a, a fact of human life, too. And I think Hugh Freeze is an upgrade compared to Brian Harson. I think the staff that he's created is an upgrade. Um, hiring Philip Montgomery from Tulsa to become the OC. I think the transfer portal additions he've, he's made and that he's got to come to Auburn. That's redemption. This team overall should be much better. And if you don't think that Auburn in year one can beat Alabama, three things for you. Number one. It's at Jordan-Hare Stadium. It's at Auburn. And Nick Saban has never beaten a ranked Auburn team on the road. I don't think. Number two. Number two is the fact that Alabama and Nick Saban, they've been on a two-year stretch where they haven't quite looked like Alabama. They just haven't. Now, Alabama in 2021 went 13-2. Though part of me... Outside of that Georgia game where they just looked dominant, part of me would say that in 2021, that was one of the worst 13-2 and teams that we have seen, potentially that we'll ever see. That team lagged through just about every game, including the Auburn game, which was on the road. They nearly lost to a 6-7 and Auburn team to TJ Finley in a defensive slugfest. It was a nasty game. 
2022 Alabama went 11-2. They slugged through every game once again, but this time they lost two regular season games and were kept out of the playoff. And now Alabama's bringing in Tyler Buckner to be likely the starter or second stringer. I, I don't see why Tyler Buckner would transfer to Alabama to sit behind Jalen Milrow or Ty Simpson, but maybe with his injuries, maybe he's thinking that maybe getting into coaching and learning from the best and Nick Saban would be better. I don't know, but I presume he's going in there to at least compete for the starting job. Alabama has extreme vulnerability at the quarterback position. Many say that Alabama should be concerned at quarterback, but even if they had a good quarterback, you don't have any wide receivers if you're Alabama. You have a tight end in C.J. Dupree, but he's probably your best receiver at this point. They lost so much depth at the position. They have Jermaine Burton, but he's not anywhere close to a Jamison Williams or Calvin Ridley or any of those great Alabama wide receivers. And the defense, while I think it should reload, you got a new coordinator who will likely have somewhat of a new scheme because Pete Golding ran, you know, Nick Saban's defenses are Nick Saban's defenses, but there's some variation there. So Alabama themselves, they're losing a lot of production. They're kind of trying to get themselves back on track. It's kind of a prove-it year for Nick Saban, slash maybe a reloading, rebuilding year, because new quarterback, lots of new pieces on offense. Losing Jameer Gibbs, for example, who got drafted at 12 to the Lions. That's reason number two, and that was dragged out very long. Reason number three um, will be a little shorter, but it's the fact that Hugh Freeze has beaten Nick Saban twice. I think only him and Dabo Swinney are the only coaches to have beaten Nick Saban twice while he's at Alabama. Well, Les Miles, but Les Miles, his career's over. Dabo Swinney's career is not over. Hugh Freeze's career is not over. Those two are the only two active head coaches to beat Nick Saban twice, I believe, Jimbo Fisher hasn't done it. Even Kirby Smart hasn't done it. So 9-4 and four with a win over Bama is very possible. I think it's going to be very hard to do, but something can be something can be challenging. Something can be very off in the distance, but it can be possible. And I think that's the case with a 9-4 and four record with a win over Alabama. So new expectations, new starting quarterback. It's all good if you're Auburn. Thank you for watching. If you're new to the channel, I encourage you to subscribe, like the video, and comment your thoughts down below. If you're listening via Spotify, please make sure to follow the channel. Talk to you guys later.